Look at this. You ever see the bad breath, Ty? <sighs> Breathe on it. <sighs> it works every time. Kills Holly. At least you're drinking again. Yeah. Feel great. You know, nobody got hurt. I'm saying I think they died quickly, though, so I don't think that they got hurt. Look at this. I'm sorry you look Filipino. I do. Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know... The natural progression of events for millennials. You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. And if you disagree, <laughs> join the discussion at Twitter at, at the Rank Podcast, on our website at therankwithjohnandzack.com, or email us at therankwithjohnandzack at protonmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at the Rank Podcast. And remember, please rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. Anyway, enjoy the show. Well, today. We've got the nice guys. Yeah. Which has entered uh, supposedly cult classic status, which seems too early for that. But yeah, it's been seven years, I guess. So maybe that is long enough. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The older you get, seven years seems just not that far away. Seven years is nothing. Yeah. It's like, well, it was yesterday. Yeah. I'm excited. I, so I saw this in the theater with Sarah. Mm-hmm. As <laughs> listeners probably are getting the idea now that that happens a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> Go to the movies a lot like every every episode is like well i saw this in the theater i saw gone with the wind in the theater sure did the 1939 yeah the original run yep that's me i am immortal and, <laughs> cool. and apparently love to watch movies with my immortality um speaking of uh potentially being immortal the nice guys what about there's a part him? there's a part in the movie where oh right right <laughs> <laughs> sorry you're like what it's fucking idiot <laughs> we'll get there though anyway okay so let's decades wise mm-hmm. are you a 70s fan not really not me either i'm not like a, oh man the 70s are so cool i don't even care much about the 60s yeah me neither um i'm trying to think of a decade that i actually am like yeah that's a cool decade i kind of I don't know. I guess some of the 80s nostalgia that's been coming out is kind of fun to watch, but I don't necessarily care that much about the 80s either. I think, and is it just bias, but I feel like the 90s and the aughts were kind of fun. Um, Yeah, it's actually interesting because I really love the 80s nostalgia stuff, but I am also fully aware that the 80s kind of sucked. So I don't actually want to live in the 80s. I want to live in this alternate version of the 80s that was actually good. I know the '80s nostalgia. I'm like, oh man, the '80s seemed like they were great, and then I'm like, yeah. but I don't remember yeah. them being that great. They were definitely not great, <laughs> but um, <laughs> no. But the uh, um, I have also have a lot of like, I like nostalgia for between the wars, like time period, the '20s, '30s, and and even into oh the yeah, 30s, I like the extent. '20s, yeah. But at the same time, I am also aware that that is largely because I am a cis straight white male. And I could go back to the 20s and be like, hey, gents, how you doing? And uh, I would not be dead. So that's important. But 
Well, that's uh, why, like, because I kind of like the fifties too, but it's like mm -hmm. Same. not that great for anything else. You yeah. Know? <laughs> no, you're absolutely right though that the nineties and the uh, and the uh, and the zeros actually kind of hit a, a nice sweet spot where um, there's like good nostalgia going on, and but at the same time, like say the in the nineties, the economy was actually good. So if you're gonna like eternally live in one decade, that's a good one to pick. Yeah, I mean that's when we actually had a surplus. In the, mm -hmm. in the budget, which, by the way, everybody, that was a Democratic president. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I was going to say, but um, like, Christ, I'm losing my mind. Uh, no, I personally did not like the '90s or the or the aughts. Just I didn't care for it while I was alive, and so I have a hard time really for it. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. It's fine. I'm they're over. What about the tens? The 10s I also didn't like. What about the 20s? 20s so I'm not thrilled with so far. Well, it started with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in general, I, you know, I guess actually maybe don't take my my opinion with, at, like, take it with a grain of salt because I apparently don't like anything. So. Yeah, well, maybe you just like a few years. See, for me, I think of the 90s and I think of being young and mm -hmm. wistful, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, like I, you know, I actually, I I think of 1996 a lot, mm -hmm. and I'm probably especially when when we're doing these because I think of Mission Impossible and Independence mm -hmm. Day, and I loved that summer of movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I don't movies have played such a big role in my uh, in my I don't know personality maybe mm -hmm. is the right way to put it. I like my nostalgia is so you know how some people and music does this to me too but some people listen to a song and it Im immediately transports them to a time mm -hmm. i can think of a movie and, and it does that to me yeah um i'm i'm the song one so i understand what you mean just and i get the movie part too i kind of remember what i was doing when that movie right. came out right or like i'll remember seeing it in the theater and being like this is cool because i was a baby right <laughs> well it's funny you've brought this one up before, but I remember Dragonheart mm -hmm. because the, the Dennis Quaid and John Connery. Yeah, exactly. What? And it's it's funny that I like have such a fond memory of it because it was the first time that I saw a movie alone mm -hmm. in a theater. And what mm -hmm. I mean by alone is like I had gone to see movies by myself at that mm -hmm. point, but it was the first time that I was the only person in the theater. <laughs> I was just sitting there by myself watching yeah. Dragonheart at the Red Hook Lyceum. Yeah, you ever like just look around in the theater and be like, oh, there's really is nobody here. Like it's I did that several feeling. times in the movie. I was like, yeah. really? did nobody see? Yeah. I enjoyed it too. Of course yeah. I did. Well, actually, that happened with me, but with Armageddon, believe it or not. Really? Like, that's the first time I remember being like, why is no one here? It was the middle of the day in the summer. Um, that's what I was, I would, yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. <laughs> so it was just like, and it's like, it, it hadn't come out that long ago either. So it was like, okay, I feel like people are going to see this movie, just apparently not right now. Yeah, it was so, and, uh, you know, somebody might end up correcting us on this, but I believe that when Dragonheart came out, we were still in school. Mm -hmm. and I basically started to do this thing where I was like, 
because they didn't do matinees during the week until like May. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like basically, so in the olden days, right, in our days, not the real olden days, but um, movie theaters, especially local ones, didn't do matinees during the week. And they would start doing them around Memorial Day because that was essentially the start of the summer movie season. Mm -hmm. That has since been pushed back. Now, basically, all of May is the summer movie season. But yeah, I believe I was. We were still in school, and what I was doing is, you know, my mom had bought these uh, these like ticket books for the Lyceum. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and um, she was like, she just gave them to me, and then after school every day, I would just walk to the theater, watch a movie, and then walk home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, lonely little child, I guess. But 1996 was when that was happening. I'm pretty sure that's when um, Dragonheart came out. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was fun banter. So, <laughs> what uh, what's the agenda? Or did you do the agenda for the for Robot Jacks? I did. I don't actually remember at this point. I did. I did the agenda for um, the last one we recorded. But I'm, I'll I'll do it. I like the agenda. The agenda. Do you uh, like the agenda? No. <laughs> I get I get lost and I don't know why. I've, we've done enough of these. I should know what the agenda is, but I'll tell you what the agenda is and now you'll know that yeah. um, we start off. Know. They don't know. We start <laughs> off with the agenda in which we uh detail what's coming beginning with the um Christ was first. <laughs> why do I do this? Oh Christ! Um, uh, do we start? We start with the potent notables, right? Whoa, my God, that's my dog. My dog just jumped up on me, and my my eyes were actually closed. And so, anyway, uh, we start with uh, the potent notables, where we uh, potently note many of the things that are interesting trivia about the movie. Uh, we move on to the uh, no. First, we start with the brief overview, and then the potent notables. The brief overview. We overview the movie briefly. And then we move on to the potent notables in which we notably potent the things. And <laughs> after which we go into a long overview of the movie where we talk and discuss and and uh, it's fun. And then we finally end with the rank where we rank all of, uh, we rank the movie based on uh, 10 categories in this series between one and five with one being the worst and five being the best. Wow. I think I should leave all of that in. <laughs> you should actually. It's Whoa, yeah. it's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's really upset about something. I'm not upset, but he wants my attention like really badly. I don't know where. So anyway, <laughs> we'll we'll play later, buddy. Okay, go get a toy. Well, today we're ranking the Nice Guys, the 2016 film starring Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling, and Kim Basinger, written by Anthony Bagarazzi and Shane Black, who also directed it. Set in 1970s Los Angeles, the movie follows the unlikely partnership between a private investigator named Holland March and a hired enforcer named Jackson Healy. When a young woman named Amelia goes missing, the duo finds themselves entangled in a complex web, web of conspiracy and corruption. As they delve deeper into the case, March and Healy uncover a shocking conspiracy involving the adult film industry, government officials, and the automobile industry. With their lives on the line, they must navigate a dangerous underworld filled with eccentric characters, femme fatales, and hitmen. Now we've ranked aliens, cliffhanger, central intelligence, blood sport, the mummy, predator, hero, Iron Man, speed, bullet train, Jason and the Argonauts, Mission Impossible, Bullet, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Spider Man, Mission Impossible 2, The Accountant, 
Inception, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Robot Jocks. Now, of course, Robot Jocks is the number one movie yep. of uh, action movie of all time. Took the By top far. spot from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. By far. It's the first one to get into the 120s. Yeah, <laughs> which is impossible, but they did it. Yeah, did no, it, it managed. <laughs> but no, Robot Jocks is, uh, is actually the worst movie uh, yeah. on our list. By um, like over half of what I what I gave it. It's the first movie that did not make it to the 50-point range. Oh, goodness. I actually thought it did make it to the 50s there, but I apparently, I apparently added a couple of points just because I didn't want to be sad for it. It's, uh, yeah, 47.55. So, yeah, you know, it didn't do well, but Raiders of the Lost Ark was the first one we that got into the 90s, and it's still number one, although Inception came close. It got into the 90s as well, but didn't quite get past Raiders. But, you know, The Nice Guys is... Um, I would say it's it's kind of a, a sneaky one. You know, you never... It's one probably a lot of people haven't necessarily heard about. Mm -hmm. Had you heard about it? I had, I had... I remember having watched it. I remember going, oh, yeah, I do remember a commercial. And then I forgot about it immediately. But no, when you said we're doing the nice guys, I was like, okay. I thought you meant the other guys. The one with... Oh, Wahlberg, with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I thought it was until I, like, put it on. And I was like, wait a second, this isn't the right movie. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not disappointed. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, that this movie came out and then immediately went into the, the dustbin of my memory. Well, you know, I remember really enjoying it. And I, I you know, I think this, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but I think this is a, a movie that might end up um, higher than we expect. Mm. But you never know. Will it top Raiders? I think it's kind of tough to say that it will, but, it, you know, you never know. We'll um, I am curious if it'll make it into the A tier with Iron Man, Aliens, and Predator, and, and Bullet Train. It has a better chance than Robot Jocks did. Yes, I agree 100% with that. <laughs> well, anyway, let's let's get into it. Uh, first, Lyndon, what have we got next? As always, uh, we're going to start with the box office, where the Nice Guys made $36.3 million domestically and $26.5 million internationally for a worldwide total of $62.8 million, which is fairly low considering the movies that we've ranked. Yeah, right? that explains why it immediately forgotten by me. Exactly. And it, it had a budget of $50 million. So, mm -hmm. uh, well. <laughs> you know, it, so the 62.8 is bigger than 50, but I yeah. would imagine that since the you know, the the company only gets a portion of that 62.8. I mean, it's a big mm -hmm. portion, but a portion nonetheless. Um, it probably was a flop. Yeah, I would. At least in theaters. So I would think it lost money, but um, especially with marketing and whatever. But anyway, what I think it's kind of a shame, in my opinion. But anyway, let's, yeah. I said anyway a lot. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Anyway, um, anyway, so anyway, well, wow. I, I should leave all that anyways. In. No, <laughs> so this movie did not do well at the old box office, the office of box. I did not, 
Um, kind of sad. But when promoting his program, The Loudest Voice, on The Howard Stern Show, Russell Crowe said this was one of the two films where he wishes there was a sequel because he liked playing the character. Mm -hmm. Can you guess what the other film was? Uh, oh, actually, it might have been Master and Commander. That's what I would have thought, too, but it wasn't. It was L.A. Confidential, which oh. also is a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> he enjoys playing L.A., you know, crime-solving guys. Tough yeah. guys, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, he actually has been pushing for it, a sequel. There's probably a sequel to the book, right? I think he... Uh, what, L.A. Confidential? Name? Yeah. No, 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 I'm saying he's been pushing for a sequel to The Nice Guys. Oh, to The Nice Guys. Well, the movie, I don't want to give anything away, but the movie ends like it thinks it's going to might get a sequel. So, <laughs> Yeah, it definitely does. Um, but him and Ryan Gosling both want a sequel. Ryan Gosling and, should play, it should be a sequel, but Ryan Gosling should play Ken in the Barbie movie. <laughs> Not that I have a problem with August March or whatever the fuck his name is, but... Um, Holland. Yes, Holland March. Um, that's the kind of name that the writer says out loud while he's writing it and, uh, <laughs> and goes, yeah, that's a good name. Holland Mark. I like it. And he tries it. I, I keep saying he, because I know a he wrote, you know, a couple of he's wrote the movie, but it could be anybody. And I actually, I think this is kind of a, kind of a, this sort of guy thing where he tries out a couple of different ones. Like he might've even tr tried August March and eh, not quite right. You know, a more simple name, Frederick March. Mm, it's okay, but eh, not perfect. Um, but he was Preston. sold on March from the beginning. Is what March. March is what he decided on. And that Preston March, that's pretty good. But again, not perfect. Holland March. Got it. That's, what if it was like Belgium March? Um, Belgium March. No. But see, that one doesn't work. Liechtenstein March? Not all of the low countries are suitable for first names. You know that. Denmark March. Denmark March. Denmark Mark. <laughs> uh deutschland march anyway oh, yeah, that was especially I'm just saying european <laughs> nobody wants deutschland to march anywhere although i feel like deutschland march would have been a good name for his character considering how much how much he, how many Hitler Hitler. references he, <laughs> yeah. he likes to mention it's we'll get there but there's a couple of things <laughs> it's pretty it's a pretty goofy little thing but as recently as last year he was still talking about it and apparently with ryan gosling doing a sequel mm-hmm because they decided they were going to start tossing out titles and the one they the one that they decided was the right one for it they mm -hmm. want to call it nice guys the mexican detectives and okay I'm like, what <laughs> is, there a reason, is there a reason why i didn't find a reason i <laughs> just really random um to this point in la confidential russell crowe plays bud white uh who works as a dumb muscle, right, in the 1950s, yep. uh, and is very protective of women, and is contrasted to Kim Basinger's intelligence. Right? I just I just realized Kim Basinger's in that, too. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I looked up her last name to make uh -huh. sure I said it right, and it's Kim yeah. Basinger. Okay. So Jackson Healy, who he plays in this one, could hypothetically be Bud White 20 years later. They should do that. He's changed his name, blah, blah, blah. Right, because Russell Crowe is about 20 years older, right? Mm -hmm. uh, nice Guys is set in Los Angeles about 20 years after L.A. Confidential. Mm -hmm. His character still works as a brute, is still very protective of women, and is still concerned about not being the smartest person, and is, co and is coincidentally contrasted to Kim Basinger. 
Let's do it. I mean, I'm all in. I mean, I have no say in it, but I'm all in. <laughs> now, apparently this movie took 15 years to get off the ground, and it started out as a TV show. Okay. <laughs> seems seems more effort than I would have put in, but okay. <laughs> well, the characters were different, and according yeah. to Shane Black, quote, it was set in present day, and no one wanted to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my life all over. But Shane Black it's also, also present day, and nobody wants to buy it. <laughs> but uh, but Shane Black also said that he was glad that it didn't end up on TV because quote tonally TV tends to homogenize. So if you've got something that's a little odd or twisted, chances are the network the network executives are going to take it and just start sanding off the edges. Also, unless it's on HBO, fewer boobies. Yes, yeah, a lot fewer. There's a lot of boobies in this, weren't there? I sort of forgot when I was watching it. It like it was, starts with boobies. I know. It's like actually. Whoa. So if you think about Shane Black, right? Because he wrote Lethal Weapon. Mm -hmm. Kind of a lot of similarities with the beginning of that mm -hmm. boobies right away. Porn, <laughs> there's, porn there's, kind of. There's the name of, of actress. There's the name of your autobiography. Boobies. Right boobies away. right away. Kind <laughs> of. <laughs> Kind of had some multiple multiple meanings there, because <laughs> I mean you're uh, born and kind of immediately boobies unless you get fed from a bottle, right? Um, right. And also, no, I had it's the all, tits. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I just I didn't actually. There's there's the difference between you and me. Also, more information than our audience probably needed, but I think they did need it. So uh, well, our you're welcome. A huge portion of our audience already knew that because they were the one who was. <laughs> but um, very large portion. <laughs> like 90 percent, i think I, I can't even do that math but anyway no but also that's what you say constantly i know you're just like in your house and you just yell boobies right away and like your uh your your eunuch servant you know i yes master and runs off um anyway so russell crowe put on some extra weight for his role yeah i actually thought he looked a little heavier than i, expected. I thought he did too i remember saying I'm like boy he you know he's really let himself go yeah, I just assumed that he's old and he's gotten a little a little chub chub. He's got a little chub. Um, but he felt that the character as an enforcer thug should be a quote stocky brawler type, end quote. See, here's my my only issue with that, and I do not care what Russell Crowe weighs. He's already a stocky brawler type. Like he's always I, that's what I was thinking too. So I kind of feel like he just wanted to not worry about his weight and came up with an excuse. <laughs> I mean, fair. So I'm not even gonna criticize him there, but like I'm not back, criticizing him either. I just well, going back to gladiator, he's on the stocky side, but anyway. I mean, he's still definitely you know, he's not heavy, but mm. he's he's just he's like a broad-shouldered type of guy, basically. Mm -hmm. Also, seeing him next to Ryan Gosling, I did not realize that Russell Crowe was kind of on the shorter side. I actually thought that too. There's a scene where they're talking to each other, and I'm like, Ryan Gosling like, looks oh. kind of noticeably taller. Yeah, I was like, is he is Ryan Gosling just significantly taller? Mm -hmm. Or is Russell Crowe kind of not as tall that as I would think of him being? I didn't look it up because you know who has the internet. Um, <laughs> um, no, that's good though because you get all these male stars who are, who are insecure about stand, especially doing a scene like opposite somebody, and you can physically and you can see. And he can oh wow, it says here how Russell Crowe is six feet, so maybe you're right. Ryan Gosling is just well. So how can you look up Ryan Gosling then? Because he doesn't seem like a tall person to me, but maybe he is. 
he does not seem like a tall person. Uh, okay, this says Ryan Gosling is six feet as well, so maybe. <laughs> I do not know what, what's going Something on. Something is not true. <laughs> maybe I, th I think maybe one of them, or I, I, there's a chance Russell Crowe is like Alan Iverson six feet. Or right. which I mean, or which I mean, not six like feet. five eight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, well, that's interesting. So we resolved nothing there. Um, <laughs> the, so the signage at the fuel stations showing even refers to the 1979 rationing of fuel to the vehicles with license plates that ended in the even or on an odd number on alternating even and odd number days. So, for instance, if today is uh, August 19th and your license plate number is ABC827, you can fill your car on that day. Mm -hmm. Some states allowed both even and odd numbers on the 31st of the month. So mm. my uh, my parents used to tell me about that. Anytime, anytime gas prices were getting higher, they'd be like, well, I remember in the 1970s. That's my impression of everyone today. I don't know if you know. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I'm young. I'm on the rank with John Isaac. But yeah, no, they would they would be like, yeah, is the worst in the seventies, and I'm like, okay, great. So Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling were both child actors who dropped out of high school to pursue their careers, and neither had any formal acting training. Mm. So digging down on the barrel for these potent novels <laughs> today. Uh, but downtown Atlanta doubled for 1970s Los Angeles during filming. Prop cars were given California plates, and a car was painted to resemble a 70s-era L.A. cab, Hollywood Taxi Company. Hey, I actually have a question about that. Great. <laughs> okay. So uh, I don't know which – there's a couple of taxis in this movie, I think. But, right. Um, one of them, I noticed, because uh, one of the two stars of the movie reaches back in to, like, pay him. Right. It did not have – I don't know what to call it because – I'm not a car person. I'm a person, just a regular person. But there's no like divider between the back and the front window, like where you open. Yeah, you're right. I remember what you're talking about. It's just like one big window that you can access the front and the back. It's uh, strange. I don't, yeah, I don't know if that's like. Um, <laughs> when I got the book, that was about. I'm curious. I don't know. You know, I don't know if that was like um done deliberately to match the era or if it was just like you know like well here's a car let's paint it yellow um this uh the, the rank with john and zach entertaining and informative yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um so here's a fun one i had mm -hmm. no idea this was the case when i watched it um up until basically until i did the potent notables i had no idea mm -hmm. but robert downey jr wearing a fake beard was the body of sid shattuck Really? An uncredited cameo. Yeah. Okay. That's and I was like trying to see it when I was watching it. And I'm like, how could anybody tell this is Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah. There's not a ton of potent notables for this, but I'll leave you all with this one. Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe really got along very well on this movie. Oh, yeah. To the point where they were almost causing problems. Oh, were they doing prank wars or something like that? Some sort of boyish mischief? <laughs> well, According to Shane Black, he said, I've been on sets where the two guys didn't like each other very much. 
that's a terrible situation, and this was not that. The problem was that they were ruining takes because they would make each other laugh, and they were sadistic about it. <laughs> We'd be screaming, not tonight, guys. Come on, we're losing the light. We blocked off the entire street. Please, not tonight. And that, of course, just made them do it more and crack oh, each other up even more. Yeah. But, you know, it's fun to watch. I wonder what sets the guys didn't get along were. Me too. I'm thinking maybe, I don't know what, but I'm thinking maybe Predator. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That could be. Um, I was thinking maybe Lethal Weapon, because, you know, yeah. well, I does not like Mel Gibson. Well, how many people I don't like know Mel Gibson that's, anymore? I don't know if that's true. I'm just starting <laughs> to All right, well, that, let's go right into our... Uh, right into our movie overview. I'm excited. Let's do it. Movie overview. Well, some funky music to start off with and uh, some old school logos, right? Absolutely. It was very 1970s. And it's funny because we uh, got actual 1970s San Francisco and Bullet, and here we have fake 1970s. Um, I guess LA. Los Angeles, yeah. Actually, it took. Uh, it was like when, a little bit into the movie. 19, well, Bullet was kind of came out in 1968, so. Oh, was, you're right. Why did I even say that? Well, you know, we were getting there. Yeah, it was but, close. Uh, close enough. But uh, at the very beginning of the movie, I was just not listening as as closely as maybe I should, and I thought this movie took place in Detroit for a minute. Which would make sense. Yeah, I can see why you'd think that. It, and um, then it, it wasn't long before I was like, "Oh wait, this is L.A., isn't it?" So it's like this. This looks awfully like nice for Detroit, and I know Detroit would have been in better shape in the in the actual time when they were building cars for real. But still, like the weather looked nice and everything. So I was like, "This is kind of odd." Did the kid look really familiar to you? What is he from? Oh, that kid. I don't know. I, I thought he looked familiar, and then he never showed up again. So I forgot about him immediately. <laughs> well, I just I thought it was kind of funny that you see the car <laughs> coming down the hill in the background. Uh-huh. He's looking at a nudie mag. Mm. <laughs> that's like my, I think that's all of our worst fears when we were adolescents. That we'd be looking at something we weren't supposed to be looking at, and then a car would fly through <laughs> our house. Ah! Is this me being punished or just really shitty luck? <laughs> um, and then the, but you know, I would say the car stayed pretty intact. For what it went did. through, yeah. <laughs> Unlike the human inside, yeah. They don't make them like they used to. Um, what the what the human or the cars? The cars. Oh, I see. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to find out exactly when the American auto industry went from what it had been to what it is, because just can't help but wonder. You know what I wonder? I wonder if that kid mm-hmm. that was in that scene was actually looking at some boobies right in front of him. Well, like in putting the you know the shirt on the boob like can you imagine getting the call like getting that part as a mm-hmm. whatever age kid. Okay, mm-hmm. so what I'm going to have you do is I want you to yeah, get a magazine and look at a naked woman and then that same naked woman is going to show up naked and uh she's going to say do you like my car big boy. Mhm. Mhm. Well, um it's a good question you ask. <laughs> it actually leads to my, uh, I had a slight mm, uncomfortable feeling with some parts of this movie because there's a couple of parts where it's like, should there really be kids here? Like, 
<laughs> being involved with a lot of this stuff. And I especially was like, should we really have this young actress um, like in some of these situations and talking about some of this stuff and just the implication that some of this stuff is going on? And then I looked up the actress and she's fucking 23. Oh, really? Yeah, the actress that plays the daughter. She's 23 now? She's 23 in real life right now. Well, then she would have been, what, 16 at the time? Yeah, but still, she looks 13. I know, like she's she supposed really to. young. Yeah, she looks so. Yeah. She looks like she's 11, 12, whatever. And she looks she looks the same right now, so I'm confused. <laughs> whatever. Point <laughs> being is that that happens a couple of times in this movie, and I'm like, it's a lot of... A lot of weird things going on here, but that's okay. Yeah, but, like yeah. with the kid on the bike. Well, yeah, we'll with this, you want to see my dick? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is an odd movie. Yeah, we get a nice intro to Jackson Healy, right? Where he's gonna take out the uh, the creep. That's another part, actually, right away. Mm -hmm. Right away, <laughs> where he's with a thirteen-year-old girl or whatever. At least that one, though, it's like very much. This is not something that should be happening. I'm glad that we acknowledged that. Yeah, but like, why would you need to hire an enforcer? Like, mm -hmm. why wouldn't you just call the cops? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, you know, I my assumption is that it's like the cops. Yeah, don't to get him, it's you're right, and it's probably to get him mm. to leave her alone, so that she'll, you know, because yeah. like, yeah. Anyway, I don't know, man. Was it like more acceptable back then? It just seemed odd that there was so much like I feel like it might have actually been more acceptable back then and also like a sort of this is between you guys. The cops might be like, you know, this is a private thing, it's not our concern, or the most they'll do is be like, All right, knock it off, guy, and then they'll leave. Right. And then the guy's like, mm, nah, I'm gonna keep fucking the thirteen year old. Yeah, I'm not gonna knock it off at all, actually. But in this case My hero is Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, Jack. <laughs> who's definitely or Elvis, all sorts of old rock and roll guys just were like, How old are you, honey? And she says, 25. And he says, Goodbye. <laughs> or Leo DiCaprio. Or Leo DiCaprio, yeah. It's... Although, you know, his isn't as bad as that. But well, you know, not... if he grew up in a different era, would it have been? It might have been, because it seems like he's he goes about as young as he's allowed to. Right. He's like I'm not going to get arrested here, so mm -hmm. we're good. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, we get. I actually like the intro to Jackson Healy there. Me too. I, I, I thought I thought it was atmospheric and good. Throughout the entire thing, I kind of I was like, sounds like um, sounds like Russell Crowe has been surviving on a diet of whiskey and cigarettes for the last thirty years because he's very gravelly. But I suppose that's the uh, tough guy, 1970s kind of thing going on. Also, Russell. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, he kind of is the way I expect him to be. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. Um. All right, so now we get to meet Holland March, who is in a bathtub in a full suit. Kind of a strange choice, right? It was very odd. <laughs> a lot of things with his uh, character is kind of a strange choice, though. So, I en I enjoy him. I. He's, um, I don't know if it's just Ryan Gosling is very charismatic, but I enjoyed his character He's as weaselly and strange as he was. He was very um, strange. And then we get, we see that, as mentioned before, we see the gas pumps, right? But mm -hmm. do you see those prices? My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. 
66 cents. Like, man. <laughs> no wonder there's a shortage. Everybody was out there buying it. And that was like probably inflation, you know. And the bet <laughs> the prices have gone up quite a bit. Can you believe it's 69 cents? Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, they got like stickers saying, I did that. It's Jimmy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Way to way to bring it into the topical <laughs> modern day. You know, Holland March. He's looking for Amelia, right? We don't quite know what the story is there yet. We yeah. know that Jackson Healy is is charged with beating up somebody on Amelia's behalf, and we know that he's looking for her. Um, Holland March is, and he goes to a bar and he's like, "Hey, you know, who is this?" and yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, she came in here drinking bourbon martinis. And he was like, well, that's disgusting. <laughs> that really is disgusting. <laughs> and, and then he's going to break into the bar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he just <laughs> he cuts his wrist. That's the, one, the hospital. that's the one scene I remember from the commercials. I, and I remember being grossed out then. And I was grossed out now. It is, it is extremely well-timed and funny, but at the same time, I actually had to look away. I was like, oh, Jesus. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of blood. I love that I, he's so inept. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good, you said it, but it's a good uh, introduction to him, too, in that, um, you know, he's a fucking idiot, it would seem. <laughs> oh, man. So then we see Jackson Healy, he's gonna. he's got his word a day calendar, mm -hmm. and he's got equanimity, right? Mm -hmm. And and then he says, like he like accepted the loss of his wife or whatever with equanimity or whatever mm -hmm. he says. And then we have that quick cut scene where he's his, his I'm guessing his wife goes, mm -hmm. "Jack, I'm fucking your dad." <laughs> and then it's like a spit take. I don't know, or yeah. something. I don't remember. <laughs> he spits on his drink, yeah. and he's like not even angry. I love that his face is like not angry, just more like what? What the hell? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Oh, it was so good. Um, I was just not expecting it. All right, so let's play a game. Mm -hmm. Shut up unless you're me. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, which is what Jackson says to Holland when we realize that Holland March here, Ryan Gosling, is the guy that he has to beat up on Amelia's behalf. Mm -hmm. I love that he, he's like, He's beating him up, and he's like, you want to know who hired me? And mm. he's like, yes, you catch on quick. And he's just like, this is her name. He's like, you just gave up your client. You just gave her up. It's another, it's another, it's it's funny that, I mean, it makes sense that the guy we saw successfully beating someone up and the guy we saw. Um, unsuccessfully is, trying to break. Unsuccessfully window. doing anything. Yeah. is uh, It's just funny to see them come together so quickly and for it to be so, okay, well, this guy really is an idiot and this guy actually does beat people up successfully. So, <laughs> um, And then he leaves in, the, in Holland's daughter, who is just, she's awesome, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, but she gives him a yoo-hoo. And, uh, <laughs> and then he goes out and buys like two packages worth of you who mm -hmm. <laughs> they all get broken it was very sad yeah and he gets into his apartment and there are these two guys waiting for him mm -hmm. um keith david for mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. who i feel like somehow is just in everything yeah he absolutely is <laughs> and always enjoyable too mm-hmm 
he's a i especially like him as a voice actor he's got such a powerful presence as, as you know as far as his voice and uh, the very first thing i ever saw him in was princess mononoke where he plays the boar god and i was like wow this guy's like boomingly intense and i love it then he also of that course was plays... the first thing you saw him in or yeah. heard him in i guess well that i'm aware of maybe i might have seen him in something or other when i was younger but that's interesting that's <laughs> the first thing you saw him in. heard him in yes that's the first well you know right yeah um, it's true he doesn't actually look like a big boar big white blind boar <laughs> i mean he's a boar but that's only at parties <laughs> um i would think he's not a boar but i did enjoy that his cohort there threw mm -hmm. a fish <laughs> Russell Crow. <laughs> such a ridiculous thing well, I, I, I was like, oh, not the fish. You know, the fish apparently seems to die since they never put it back in or anything. I like how I like how Russell Crowe like talks his way out of the situation partially. Yeah, it's a nice it's a nice little addition. He's not just tough, but he's actually able to. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a, he intimidates the guy, but he also sort of does it cleverly. So it adds a little bit of depth to him already. Right, he's like um, wise, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. in, in this realm of situation he doesn't he doesn't lose his head <laughs> just I, I can't get over the fact that he threw the fish that's like mm -hmm. such a funny scene to have in there it sort of reminded me of a fish called wanda when he's uh, yeah. eating fish you know <laughs> it very much did which is <laughs> disgusting um but then the next thing we see because after this has happened oh he gets the blue face also mm -hmm. in this scene um which i love that he's like you know, I wouldn't open that bag. It's, you know, I'm holding it for a friend, but it's one of those bags that boom. Oh. <laughs> I tried to and, warn you. You know, a lot of a lot of very silly things happen very quickly in this. <laughs> no, it's very like slapsticky. It's very slapsticky right away. And uh you wouldn't see that you wouldn't it's not a movie you would expect to be slapsticky. No. <laughs> it was <laughs> quite it was quite surprising and totally strange for me right off the bat, which is <laughs> Perhaps it works. Perhaps it doesn't. We'll have to wait till the rank. But geez, how about Ryan Gosling on the toilet in the next scene? Yeah, and he's struggling to get himself yeah. covered up, and, it's, and then he drops the cigarette on himself. Yep. And oh man, it's fantastic! And then he's like trying to open the door and just keeps mm -hmm. closing. So yeah, uh, just just even more. Just, just it's like one thing after another. Just. Like what is happening in this movie? And I, I also enjoy that, like, so Jackson's like telling him that he he wants him to help him find Amelia, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, "I'm going to help you do that." Why? So you can throw acid in her face? Like, what? Why was that That's... the thing you jumped to? Yeah, that, your, why did your mind go there? That was strange. <laughs> and then it's and then uh, his daughter shows up and she's like, "He's like, what are you doing? I'm giving you a rim job, rim shot, rim shot." <laughs> You see, there's another there's another example of kind of the kid walking in and saying something, and I'm like, <laughs> it's very odd to see that. Yeah, like rim job. But you know, in this one, it's not so bad because it's you know that, yeah. that they don't know what they're saying. Yeah, because when he says rim shot, rim, she's like, well, whatever, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no, no, those are those are two very different things. But I I love the banter between Russell Crowe and um, Ryan Gosling. I mm -hmm. think it's a lot of fun. Well, so now they're gonna. He's like, "Well, I know where she is." Right after he, after he pays him, mm -hmm. um, and 
so they go to her protest rally or whatever it is and they're yeah. all like pretending to be dead and i love that he's like so you're dead because of the smog mm. the gas mask <laughs> didn't help the gas mask didn't help and they they kind of are like oh wait <laughs> the gas masks were an odd choice given that they were supposed to be dead yeah um and then <laughs> he steps on her hand He's like, sorry, I thought you were dead. <laughs> so this is where we get to meet the kid, as alluded to earlier, who says, I offered to show him my dick because, you know, I got a really big dick. Yeah, <laughs> another strange fact. Just fascinated with certain certain elements that are strike me as strange. And then he's well, like, you, know, with, you want me that. to show you my dick? <laughs> yeah, he says that like he's really excited to do so. Yeah, and Ryan Gosling's like, no, I don't want to see your dick, you know? I don't yeah. want to see your dick. And then, but then he's like, it's, tw and then he's, but he's still like, is giving him the charge. It's another 20 or something like that. Yeah. Or it's 20 bucks. And and then Ryan Gosling, I already gave you 20 bucks. Wait, what am I saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So they decide, you know, from Sid Hatrack to Sid Shattuck, right? To figure this out. And uh, they're going to go to Sid Shattuck's party. There's a unicorn at the party. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, the, the unicorn is never explained. Is that a hallucination of his? Or? <laughs> I don't know. Because it, it seems to be a real unicorn for a second. I, that, that was my first clue that some things in this movie were going to be a little, a, little, a little odd. A little odd and a little surreal in a lot of ways. Well, then we just like, we get to hear a snippet of dialogue that's, mm -hmm. you know, um, non sequitur right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like we're listening in on somebody else's conversation sort of exactly what Bloodsport refused to do mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. but she goes if you want me to do that then don't eat the asparagus yeah <laughs> it's like, I'm oh, just like oh gross gross I wonder what they were talking about yeah um something golden I bet but no 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 speaking of asparagus pee Yep. We Speaking find out of. that we find out that Holland March can't smell. Yeah. Rusty <laughs> Crowe, you're a detective that can't smell. Mm -hmm. Just keeps getting it. better and better. I mean, I love that Ryan Gosling in the background is a little hot and sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he he has a nose for crime, but not a nose for what it's actually for. <laughs> um. So you know, Jackson Healy is gonna like really kind of take this seriously and try to find clues and stuff. And no, no, he's like he's like a real investigator. Yeah, as opposed meanwhile, <laughs> as opposed to Holland March, who goes in mostly. I don't know. He kind of wanders and talks to people, and is yeah, and, and gets I, drunk. And he's he's impressed by this party, and I don't blame him because it's fucking crazy. And yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like everybody should go to a party like this just to have the experience, and then never again. Um, I would love to see a party like this. I wonder if they happen anymore. I feel like they maybe used to, but I think like, after Hugh died, it was it's all yeah, over. exactly in the heyday of that kind of thing. But nowadays, there would just be too much. Like you know, somebody would be like, "This is not a good idea." <laughs> Having apparently actual mermaids, maybe I don't know. I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, but he has to go in and question them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> There's another example of the silliness where it's like kind of not serious. <laughs> he's swimming around, and then he's and then he's just he's dry and dressed again later. So whatever. 
I know, I know. He's like completely dry. But they still mention it. Yeah. He, you know, because he's yeah, like, you were in the pool? A, yeah, that's not a well he's he's also funny because he ends up in a pool several times. <laughs> I can see why Ryan, uh, Russell Crowe a little bit less, but I can see why Ryan Gosling had fun making this movie, given this character is so loony. I, I know. I feel like it must have been so fun to play that character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so how, how do you get the role of being a topless mermaid also? Like, yeah, that's what a are good the question. steps to that? My, my, my impression is you audition. <laughs> I do wonder what the ad in the in, yeah. in the in the whatever the casting magazine calls for, I, I assume just willing to be topless, and then the mermaid like, thing is added later. I feel later. like it's a porno waiting to you know, like that's just you know, it's it's like what is that? The, there's one called the casting couch or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you got the part. All the other girls are like, oh, but I got the yeah. Don't I wanted to be the mermaid? Yeah. Anyway, um, Holland's daughter is very precocious. Mm-hmm. Sneaks in. Do not like that she went to this party, as you were talking about. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? Like it is. I remember. So it didn't because I've seen it more than once. I mm-hmm. knew it was happening, so it didn't. It wasn't like as jarring to me. But when so it didn't even occur to me to actually talk about it. But when you mentioned it earlier, I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, and I remembered feeling very like. What is she doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> You're sort of like Russell Crowe. He's like, "What? You can't watch this." You know? Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then he like smashes that guy's face into the table. And, yeah. And then the woman's she, she's like, "Well, she's showing it to me, not him." She's like, "He's like, well, she shouldn't be watching it either." And she's like, "I'm in it." <laughs> you know, and uh, it's a little condescending, actually, for the to tell the adult right. woman that she shouldn't be watching it either. And it's like mm, she can watch it if she wants. If the gross, the gross guy next to her can watch it, she can. And was the guy dressed like a like a fucking like like a Roman emperor or something? I this party just gets weirder and weirder. I know. Was it a costume party? Yeah, because I don't... he meets Pocahontas. Holland March meets oh, Pocahontas right. later. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. So. I think it's a come as you are kind of party, and these people just happen to be crazy. Well, I'm sure there was a lot of coming, but um, I, somebody invited Alan coming. I didn't know he was. <laughs> uh, I love the way they reveal Sid's body or mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. If you will, oh, it's, it's actually kind of cinematically interesting, isn't it? It's like a it movie. is by lighting him, him lighting a cigarette and everything. Yeah, but how, sure. does, how he gets down there is hilarious. Uh, it establishes his character as one that's particularly susceptible to gravity. Yeah. Um, and this also sort of is the beginning for me at least of his being able to survive situations that maybe he shouldn't be able to. But that's okay. Yeah. Feels like the kind of thing I would do though, like accidentally fall off of the thing while being an idiot and then somehow be okay. I mean, I feel similarly. Um you know, you and I I think <laughs> Maybe you more than me, but we definitely did some things that we shouldn't have. Yeah, and I have no idea how I've never broken a bone or sprained anything or anything like that. So makes no sense to me, especially doing something dumb. Like, yeah, it's a it's a, he does a great being shot impression. I mean, I'll I'll admit, but but then tumbles down that hill. Yep. So <laughs> and I love that Russell Crowe, that Jackson Healy knows. You yeah. Know? Did, did you fall? Did you fall? Yeah. 
Now, do you think, though, that the lighting the cigarette or whatever would illuminate the surroundings quite that much? I wondered that, actually, while I was watching it, but I actually think that it would illuminate it as much as it did. Because mm -hmm. I don't think... Because I feel like a lot of times you make the mistake of like showing the whole thing when you light a lighter. Yeah. But that one, I felt like it wasn't showing everything. It was mm -hmm. just showing like a little bit. Enough that you're like, oh, there's something there. Yeah, enough that you can see, make out the outline. And it's kind of easy to tell when it's a dead body and not a person because they really are like that still. You know? Right, exactly. So um, it, it's also just, it's, it's a good looking shot. So. By the way, you know what? And I forgot to mention this. And th this is going to come up again, um, but the uh, the bad guys, Blueface and Keith David, right? Oh yeah, they, they come back. They accidentally shoot two people. Yeah, just like <laughs> remember she he sh like she accidentally shoots through the window and shoots this woman across the street. Yeah, just this random woman and this. Yeah, and then in the in this scene, he shoots one of the party goers. Yeah, so these I don't know if these two are in, are are just heartless or inept as criminals, but okay. <laughs> We well, it was like mention, when they were being grabbed, you know? Yeah. We forgot to mention how crazy Blueface is, too. Yeah. Blueface is nuts. Keith David's like, character. Psychopathic. Yeah. He's like just a, he's, he's a criminal. But this other guy is like, I thought it was like Sasha Baron Cohen or something at first. I was like, this guy's a nut. It does kind of look like, did you look it up? Because I didn't bother. I, I did look it up. He's just some dude. I don't know who he was. But I, I, I like legitimately was like, shit, is this? Because I could, you could see him playing that character fairly. Yeah, easy. definitely. When you said that, I was like, oh shit, is it? I mean, like. Oh God. Uh, Not to like steal this other person's tweet or whatever but i saw a tweet that was like why did they keep making the joker scary like darker and darker what they need to do is give sasha baron cohen a purple suit and let him mine a kind of terror none of us were ready for oh my god i know that, that sounds amazing <laughs> i would watch that <laughs> i would absolutely watch that wow because it would be psycho now that's all i can think about i can't think about anything else <laughs> forgot the nice guys so um so yeah now you know the, the the bad guys show up right and like we were talking mm -hmm. about they accidentally shoot somebody well keith david does this time it was blue face last time i did yeah um but then they find amelia well his daughter finds amelia and they, they're getting away and then blue face catches them mm -hmm. and then a van just obliterates blue face yep another another random moment that is like okay and crazy but um visceral this time yeah Blueface got fucked up mm -hmm. was, uh, and then you know a little disturbing <laughs> and i love that they have him like sitting there and his hands like behind his back and everything and i'm like man yeah was so and then jackson healy kills him which mm -hmm. I was kind of like that's sort of putting him out of his misery, you know. Yeah, actually, because really what's think her face? Survive that? Yeah, she's upset about. Yeah, it. the dog. She's upset about it, but like, he's dead. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's maybe he would have survived, that's but bad. it wouldn't have been a the quality of life might not have been there. Yeah, so that character's name is actually Blueface. I don't know if you knew that, and we're. I didn't know that. I just was calling him that because I, I didn't know what else to call him. No, dead serious. He's credited as Blueface, and he's or not credited. He, the character is Blueface, and the actor is somebody named Bo Knapp, I, uh, who doesn't really seem to be in a heck of a lot else. But 
either way. Yeah, well, you know, he's he's I think he's good at being crazy in this role, you know, not to give anything away for the ring. He's definitely so. con- he's convincingly crazy. I'll agree with that. <laughs> um so now we're gonna meet Kim Basinger for the first time, right? We're gonna find out mm. that she's the head of uh the Justice Department and that she's Amelia's mom. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh I love that she says, How do you do to Ryan Gosling? He goes mm-hmm. about this good most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is by this point in the movie, we believe him. I know. <laughs> That's obviously and I love that she goes, well, I work for the Department of Justice. And he goes, well, that explains absolutely nothing. <laughs> He's very just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that's, that's kind of him all over, isn't it? Yep. Well, he's got that thing written on his hand that says, you will never be happy. Yeah. So he's clearly beating himself up over the, the fire thing mm-hmm. that we find out later. Um and then we're going to find out a little bit of backstory for Healy beyond the the wife where he takes out a diner guy, right? Mm-hmm. But like he doesn't just take him out. He just is bashing <laughs> just keeps bashing him yeah. with the gun, which is like both disturbing and weirdly hilarious in the way that they do it. It is actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's <laughs> like, what are we gonna do? We gotta find Amelia. Like, ah, well, I think we should wait a couple days, and mm-hmm. then what? And then ask her for more money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not gonna lie to her. I respect that. I'll lie to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the one who found the body. Found it. You fell on it. <laughs> just a lot but, of great but, lines. Shane Black is good with dialogue. Yeah, it's like, and and in this one, it's kind of—I don't want to say it's nonstop, but it's 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 approaching nonstop. It's rapidly getting there. But you know what it is? It, it never feels out of place either. Like it mm. fits with their characters. It doesn't feel like, okay, like you're not this witty, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they're gonna go, <laughs> they're gonna go to the hotel, right? Um, or the apartments that don't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go to the hotel. Well, we kind of see, uh, I, I just, uh, it's, we're kind of building, um, Holland marches, um, like he has, backup. yeah, he has the potential to actually be a good detective. Cause his daughter, I think around this point calls him the world's worst detective. Right. And, right. um, he actually like busts out, you know, some actual good reasoning and saying that it's not, you know, cause Russell Crowe thought it was a flight number that he found. And Holland March is like, it's not a flight number for this reason, that reason, this reason. I think it's a an apartment number. And it's like, oh wow, he actually is a good, maybe a good detective. And then, but of know, course, it doesn't exist. But he yep. was still right. He was still right. Yeah, it's just it's just the wrong thing. Anyway. But I like how I like how we're getting to him being credible again. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, we're seeing flashes. That was pretty uh, good structure. And then and then they get in there and they're going to question the. Uh, the bartender right mm-hmm. who um and they're 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 quickly gotten onto the same page yeah you know because he's like what you know like, the bartender's like what's in it for me and he's like he'll stop doing it and he's like doing he'll what? stop doing it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think that was my, my favorite line like that there's a lot of stuff 
sort of in that genre of line and that was my that was one that really worked for me actually yeah i loved that he'll stop doing it what bam and you're right and you're right that they've fallen quickly into the roles that they inhabit yeah they like they they're they're good with each other you know mm -hmm. they feed off each other well but uh <laughs> what was the guy say? i can't remember exactly what he said but he's he's describing a eunuch you know mm -hmm. yeah he calls it a eunuch yeah but before that he says what are the what's the what's it called the guys that had their balls removed what's that called you know and yes. russell crowe goes marriage <laughs> which is that kind works. of a simple joke but i felt like it really worked for his character for his character yeah i uh it's the sort of it's dare i say it's a little bit of an outdated joke though it's the sort of thing you would have heard a lot back then right less so today but as you mentioned it's sort of from his perspective given right. what we saw from his marriage well it's funny because normally that joke would just be kind of like a throwaway you know, mm -hmm. like oh look at this joke that we're making mm -hmm. but actually what it did for me is it immediately conjured up that scene again with that his, scene from with his, his wife yeah yeah so i felt like that was good you know mm -hmm. yeah it actually served a character purpose not just right exactly. uh, mar marriage, is bad. marriage yeah exactly um but then they get into the to the elevator you know and he says it's munich or whatever which mm -hmm. is hilarious but he goes hitler only had one ball <laughs> is this is this his first instance of of, of no, Hitler no there was like at was least one more that. before that yeah but he loves to reference Hitler mm. he would do well on the internet but people reference Hitler a lot in the reference internet. Hitler constantly <laughs> probably in a fawning way which is disturbing <laughs> um, so anyway so they they've <laughs> they get to the top of the elevator and then john boy is up there right mm -hmm. just dispatching everybody and they, <laughs> they look down the hall and i love that even jacks neely was like yeah time to go back down yep they just go right back downstairs <laughs> <laughs> whatever's happening up here i think it's a bit beyond us so <laughs> they get in the car and then amelia just happens to jump on the car which just right on top of their roof yeah or, or actually it's on the hood and they're like, uh? Yeah. <laughs> and then she shoots at them, yep. naturally. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so they get her home, right? And then they, they wake her up and, and she's like screaming about pornos. <laughs> and I love that Ryan Gosling is like, and it's kind of like, I love that these are kind of in the background. They're not the forefront of the conversation. But he goes, uh -huh. you know, I have neighbors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like those, we... sorts, those sorts of things add a uh, a nice a nice little a, a nice little touch of like um, spontaneity and the characters existing outside of just the lines, like stepping to the forward. Here's my funny line, and stepping back. There's actual multiple things going on. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and uh, I also wanted to mention when Amelia um, shoots the gun. That's yeah. what causes her to fall off the car, right? Yeah, exactly. Which I thought was neat too. The kickback pushes her off the car. Uh huh. Because um, I don't know much of anything about guns, but you do see internet videos of people who don't know gun safety quite as much and maybe aren't expecting what they get when they fire a gun and they end up, you know, breaking <laughs> their own arm in some cases, stuff like that. So right, exactly. That was a nice. That was a nice little touch. That I like that too. She possibly doesn't fire guns quite as much, and in all honesty, she's a tiny woman. 
and this is the part where I, that this is the only part where I was like, why would they do this when they leave her behind? Yeah. Well, why would they have left her behind? That seems really stupid. Yeah, I actually agree with that. Because <laughs> they're they're like awfully quick to just go, oh, let's go there. Yeah. Well, right. Well, they're like, yeah. I mean, I just feel like somebody should have stayed back, but whatever. Um, um, yeah, because the only because it's well, the girl that everyone has been after and two 13 year olds, you know, right? Exactly. They should, be, they should be able to hold down the fort, no problem. Um, yeah, I think it's a bizarre choice. That, that's the really the only thing for me that I can think of where I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but then, but thankfully, they did that because then we got to hear this ridiculous Nixon story. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun. And I loved his reaction. He was like, why would you take me on this ridiculous, wild ride? When it's just like, just view things from a different perspective. Yeah. Well, um, Ryan, his character has a couple of moments where, you know, get get rid of the superfluous elements in, in your speech and, you know, kind of streamline everything. It's an interesting little character beat. Yeah. Like, don't say and stuff, for instance. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That's what, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. He's the kind of guy who would who would dispense with adjectives and adverbs if possible, which is funny given that there's a modifier in the name of his movie. Yeah, that's right. Not just the, nice guys. The guy. Or not just yeah, just I should say not just the guys. The it reminds guys. me of it reminds just me guys. <laughs> it reminds me of I always think of when people, you know, use excess ad, adjectives and so forth in the uh, a very different movie, The English Patient, where where he finds his characters being established as being like a very matter of fact, simple guy. <laughs> They're saying he doesn't like adjectives and, and uh, he's like, well, why should you use adjectives? Big car, fast car, nice car. They're all just cars. And someone else says broken car. Oh, uh, that's good. Not of much use. That one actually has, is important. So sorry. I, I like took it. you on that journey. <laughs> oh, I like that. That was good. That was, that was good. I think of that a lot, actually. Scene apparently had a lot of effect on me. <laughs> I don't know where. I love how all of like the discoveries that that Holland March has are just mm -hmm. because like him doing something wrong or stupid. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. It's another interesting character thing where it's like he screws up, but I guess maybe there's growth and failure. You know? <laughs> I guess maybe. Well, he he loves Tally. Yeah, he is yeah. infatuated with Tally, which you know <laughs> she's an attractive woman. I get it, but wow, they established that quick too, because like she shows up and he's like leaning back in his chair to look back at her. I know, and then he's like, "Should we get a number for Tally? Because you know, in case two, we can't right? get a can't yeah. get all of you." Um, and well, actually, you know what? I'm sorry, that actually fits too, because remember, I I got the impression what he's looking at there is both. She's attractive, but look how good she's getting along with my daughter. Yeah, that was the, th the thing that I thought too, actually. Mm -hmm. So there is more than just the attraction. Yeah. There. Um, but th in this case, he finds out that uh, there's no money in the briefcase or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, because but the way, the way they get there is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you can just let the car drive; it drives itself. What? Really? Yeah, all the cars do that now. <laughs> and and the 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 casualness with which they're playing this scene and the fact that it doesn't there's nothing to give away the fact that he's dreaming or anything like that until the bug until the bug yeah but there's a couple of parts of this movie and this is where it really i was like is is this one of those movies where you can't be sure what is and isn't reality <laughs> 
like, is this like a David Lynch film? You know, like, are we in like a different headspace here? And it's like a fun scene. Um, I kind of like the the chill driving in LA at night, you know, aesthetic. And then and then the bee in the background, <laughs> in the back seat of the car, <laughs> where where the bee explains, yeah, I don't fly anywhere anymore. The air is all fucked up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like even the bee has a very chill demeanor, where it's like this is kind of realistic in a way. Uh, and then, of course, they run into the barrels, which are, of course, filled with water and does nothing to the car, <laughs> as always. Just like, just like in Speed. Yep. <laughs> Every time, man. Every time. I don't know why that became a trope in Hollywood movies. I don't know why I said Hollywood first. Well, it's um, not, you know, you, to differentiate, you know, we're not talking about Bollywood. Yeah. I don't know if they do that or not in those movies. I don't I haven't seen many. Well... You know, if they do, they're doing it stupid. <laughs> um, it's not that big of a deal, but I'm always just like, that's not what that's okay. every time, too. You know, like it's just something to crash cars into, I guess. Yeah, but then the car is never broken. It's mm -hmm. just like, yeah, this is fine. Car, <laughs> not even a dent. <laughs> um, At least those old American cars were heavy and, and pretty, pretty tough. They were. They, that's true. Um, and I don't know why, but I did not remember that John Boy was Henry Cavill. Oh, actually, that's the interesting thing. It was actually Matt Bomer. Oh, it's not Henry Cavill? No, yeah. I actually thought that for a second, too, because they look, they're similar looking actors. But yeah, I uh, looked it up and because I thought, I, is that actually Matt Bomer? And it actually was. Uh, he's my, uh, he's my other, my other husband after, uh, after what's his face? So after that's why uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson? Mm -hmm. He's uh he's in a lot of stuff, but he's primarily in uh, Doom Patrol, where he he's actually not shown for most of that movie, so <laughs> or most of that show. He's wrapped up in bandages. Actually, it's not even him; it's somebody else wrapped up in the bandages, and he does the voice. Well, I think he's pretty good. No, yeah, he's uh he's he's good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was not <laughs> that sounded very. Uh, what do you call it when you're? Thirsty. It sounded yeah. very thirsty. <laughs> so anyway, let's move on. Um, I was also at first. I was like, "How have the cops not shown up yet with this guy shooting a machine gun in a residential neighborhood?" But yeah. they actually they do come. They do. They do come. Just maybe a little bit late. I like how immediately over the top this John Boy fellow is. Because <laughs> he's like, ooh, here's my handgun. Oh, well, let me also reach in and grab an Uzi and fire them double-handed. You know? Like, yeah, it was crazy. This guy's serious. And then now we're going to get back to the old woman, Glennis, or whatever her name is. Yeah. And uh, this is where Holland March actually... Wait, hold on. I've gone too far. I okay. So I did. I did think it was in the end. I was like, I guess it's kind of a somewhat believable amount of time that it takes them to get there. Um, mm -hmm. But I also was like, okay, well now Amelia's dead. Mm -hmm. Now where does the movie go? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know because she actually gets shot. I was it's like, sort of okay. like sort of like bullet, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, well, now what? Yeah. <laughs> Dad didn't expect her to die, but there we are. Um, but yes, yeah, so then now we're gonna meet Glennis again. She's gonna come back in, and and then this is where Holland March realizes what's actually happened, and mm. he's like, "Holy fucking shit!" And she goes, "Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious the way she reacted to him cursing. Um and then so we figure out that she saw the she saw the movie, blah blah. They're now they've got a reason to go to the Detroit car show thing, right? Yeah. And he asks him where the projectionist is, and we ask these random guys, and he's like, All right, thanks, buddy. And then how'd you know yeah. my name is Buddy? <laughs> which was another what? little random bit in this movie that had me going this is it's like they're throwing a lot of random crap in here aren't they yeah it felt very like why is that there yeah um but you know it, it was it was funny and it's not like they linger there or anything you know oh yeah no they're not like distracting it's just you know lots of moments that are like wow this is interesting how cool would it be to get that role of you know? being buddy there yeah that's like a <laughs> badass like role when you're just starting out and acting and you get to play opposite those two just even if briefly yeah just briefly play off of the play off of those two and then you get like and it, the the camera kind of lingers on him and does like a close-up so like mm. that's kind of cool um yeah but <laughs> This was another like just really fun thing that Shane Black did. So now they've gotten up to the projection room and Tally is going to get the jump on him, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, I love that Holland is so like enamored with her that he's like, you, you, you're you, not a killer. I mean, so it's, she just said she's killed three people. Yeah. Know? I think this is, is an accident, but three times. <laughs> yeah. I like that line too because, you know, yeah. You can, I love you can that, excuse the one time. Yeah, I love the Russell Crowe. He's like, look at what's happening in front of you. <laughs> oh man! But um, the but the part that I was that I was saying about what Shan Black did here that mm -hmm. I loved is that Ryan Gosling drops to the ground and is like <laughs> grabbing at Russell Crowe's ankle. He's like, I don't know what he's doing. Let me ask him. You know. <laughs> Where's the gun? What gun? Your ankle gun. Who told you I had an ankle gun? And like yeah. the whole time up till now, I did not realize that it was part of the dream. Yeah, me neither. And it's such a random part of the two dream. It's like, and it because the dream starts off realistic, I guess. You know, it's right, the point exactly. Yeah, and then sort of increasingly becomes silly, and and it sort of it sort of puts you in the Ryan Gosling character's headspace a little bit because when you're fucking off your rocker like that and having these dreams that you can't distinguish from reality uh you it's kind of hard to remember what is it isn't real yeah <laughs> oh, so like we're we're in this also this space where we're like was was that real i thought he did i thought he also had a had an ankle gun and i also liked when he shows him the ankle gun and he's like it's cool or something you know, know. <laughs> like he's just dreaming stuff he thinks is cool like self-driving cars and giant bees yeah yeah, you dreamt that, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then, so now he's going to pretend to be drunk. Mm -hmm. And it's like actually kind of a sad little moment. It is. Because she's so disappointed in yeah, him. Yeah, because he's playing it well, I guess. But, you know, you can see it, you can see in her reaction that it's like, Jesus, you know, I'm going to be killed here or something. And Yeah, and my dad's drunk. But he saves her. He's playing. He didn't. He didn't get drunk. Good yeah, for well, him. Yeah. Um, 
but then they fall off the top of the building. The, yeah, the two of them fall off the top of the building, and here's a little bit of of the Ryan Gosling character's, I guess, good luck or immortality <laughs> or something. Well, he says he's immortal, or he's yeah. Does he say immortal? Invincible. I don't know if it's invincible or yeah. Because I think I'm invincible. Because he's like, because <laughs> like, how did you get down here or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? And he goes, "Did you fall?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> he fell again. <laughs> happened to fall in the pool, whereas the Keith David character happened to fall next to the pool. And he exploded, by the <laughs> and way. And exploded, yes. Um, he, is, he is now a puddle. And uh, the amount of times that Ryan Gosling falls is just an hilarious bit. I, yeah. I love it. Um, but anyway, then we have the final showdown, and... Uh, I guess the porn film is the evidence that's going to put away these people, which I'm just like, I don't really think that that makes much sense, but sure. Cause um, she said that there was evidence in the porn film, but I'm not sure how they worked it in. <laughs> we, we don't see it really being worked in because except for the actors saying, Oh, the, the audio executives are killing people. But like, that's just them saying that you can just right, exactly. That's why I'm like, how is this evidence? But okay, that's we'll like just... that's like making you know, um, inglorious bastards and being yeah. like, see, it's evidence that this guy is a Nazi killer. Yeah, it's true. You can't you can't put things in movies that aren't true. <laughs> um, so, and then we get another connection to Hitler. Mm -hmm. <laughs> More Hitler, of course. He's like, what is he speaking German or something? <laughs> yeah, no, he's yeah, he's just like making German noises. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh, so stupid. She's like, what? Are, yeah, what is he doing? I think he's comparing you to Hitler. <laughs> um, and I love that, it, you know, so now at the end, we realize that they kind of say, well, nothing really happens to these people. They get away mm -hmm. with it. And uh, and Russell Crowe is drunk, which is the mm -hmm. opposite. You know, before mm -hmm. it was Ryan Gosling. And then Ryan Gosling says, well, at least you're drinking again. At least you're drinking again. I was like, that's an insensitive line, but also a hilarious line. So. It was really fun. And I love the best part was Russell Crowe's face after uh -huh. he says that. Because he's like, yeah. oh, that's true. Yeah. It's very like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, silver lining to every cloud, huh? <laughs> oh, man. So we did get a little bit more exposition at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so that whole thing at the end, you know, was post final showdown, showdown. Yeah. Which I think is goes into again that the movies in the modern era tend to have more exposition at the end than movies earlier. It's just yeah, an interesting sort thing of, I feel like I've noticed. Yeah. The modern or the, uh, the final showdown or what have you. And then the, the movie's over. Whereas this one set up its potential sequel where we find out they've started the nice guys detective agency and I'm <laughs> Ryan Gosling's character. I'm sorry you look Filipino. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. There's so many just good silly lines in this movie. But here we are. We're up to the rank. The rank. The rank. Oh, wait. 
So the rank is where we rank the movie based on 10 categories, story, acting, originality, action sequence, chase slash fight scenes, film coherence, hero appeal, villain appeal slash hatred, supporting characters appeal, and the final showdown. Yeah. We rank it on a scale of one to five, one being the worst, five being the best. And our first one is story. And we'll start with you, Zach. Well, I think this is the very beginning of, you know what, I'll save it. Um... <laughs> Well, now I'm very I, curious. I gave story a, a 2.8 because... Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, you know what? I'll say it. No, I won't say it. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> story was a 2.8 because there was a lot of good elements there. It just... I don't think most of the story made any sense. There was There were too many things that were like twists, but also weren't actually twists. I liked Ryan Gosling's character figuring out some things, but a lot of it didn't end up mattering. Um, a lot of it was wrong, and it was it was difficult to follow, but not in a way where it unravels and you go, "Ooh, I see now." It was difficult to follow in a way that it was it didn't didn't make sense. So, but at the same time, it was it was fun enough to follow in a lot of ways. You know, it's it's I actually really was having a hard time with the ranking for this. Mm hmm. Because I just enjoyed it so much, you know, mm -hmm. it's sort of, it's one of those things like you would say, I think you would say this is the type of movie that's up my alley, right? It's yeah, got my yeah. type of humor in it. Mm -hmm. So it sort of charms me away from thinking about any of these categories. I gave it a 4.25. Uh -huh. I was enjoying it. I don't know if I was just enjoying the charisma of the movie or yeah. what, um, so I was like, oh, I enjoyed the story. But when you were pointing out all this stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess it doesn't really make much sense. <laughs> like, well, I was just talking about that the porno is the evidence, right? I yeah, mean, that's, yeah. It makes no sense. Um, um, I think I might yeah. drop it down to a 3.75, actually, just because I think it, I think that's a fair, fair well, point you make. Well, there is a uh, there's something to be said for it just being a fun ride and the story is kind of like just whatever. Um I just, yeah, so but many if you're ranking about up, story, yeah, I mean, so many things ended up not mattering. Like, I feel like we could have had the Margaret Colley could have been cut from this movie entirely, and just Amelia's always been dead. Whatever. That's interesting. Well, we'll get to that in film coherence, I guess. Yeah, I guess, um, I guess you're right. But on to acting. Mm -hmm. um, I gave acting a four and a half. Mm-hmm. I think Kim Basinger was actually the weakest person in this. Yeah, she but, was lackluster, right? Yeah, but she was still good, you know. Yeah, now um, that she was bad, yeah, just a, li a little. I kind of didn't even realize it was anybody at first. I was like, oh, just this random actor. Right. Um, but everybody else, I'm very charismatic. Everybody was fun to watch. So, yeah, I mm -hmm. thought it was really good. Uh, what say you? I gave it a 3.25, similar reasoning. Um, some of the supporting cast I was like a little unsure about, but the main two guys were in fact they had good chemistry and were pretty charismatic. Um, they both delivered the jokes quite well. And I thought the the girl actor, whatever the fuck her name was, she was actually yeah. surprisingly good for being really good, right? Yeah, so um for, for, yeah, a lot, a lot uh yeah, some other people were like fine, forgettable. That's not really that bad a thing for minor characters to be forgettable. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm getting the sense that you didn't like it as much as I did, but 
we'll see as we continue. <laughs> yeah, that's so actually what I was. That's what I back back on story. I I was saying, oh, I'll say it. No, I won't say it. It's I uh, actually didn't love it. I, I I thought it was okay, but we'll we'll find out. That's interesting to me. Oh man, I thought this was such a fun movie. All right, so it had a good. I mean, it was fun it too. No, it was fun. I'm not, you know, just. Eh. Okay, well, no, that's all right. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> saying. I, I. I actually thought that mm -hmm. you would really like it. But um, all right, so let's go on to originality. What What do you have for that? Originality, I gave a two point seven five because, um, well. It's very similar to a several other movies, several other Shane Black movies. In fact, um, there was some there's some original stuff. Like I thought a lot of the banter between the two of them was actually somewhat original, although maybe also echoed some other things. Um, just if like, the, you know, I loved the the milieu, the the L.A. at the time period, sort of the seedy so Hollywood Hills kind of. Yeah, it was all good, but I mean, you can. It's 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 also not the first time that that sort of territory has been mined. I'm thinking of putting it a little higher since I don't have a specific gripe against the originality so much as just the, the setting is is not unique. Uh, see see what you say, and maybe I'll put it higher. Let's hear you. Well, I gave it a three point seven five. Okay, so, yeah, I might go up a bit higher. So, so I mean, having a movie about a private detective and a sort of buddy mm -hmm. cop thing isn't the most original, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I, I feel like the circumstances were kind of original, like using a porno as evidence mm. is really goofy, but it's definitely original. You know, I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know of anybody else that's done that. But also having like a detective noir movie that's also kind of slapstick, I thought was yeah. kind of original too. So you're right. Know. You're right about that, actually. Yeah, let's. I'm going to move mine up to a three. Um, because the 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 slapstick elements were definitely like, wow, this is. I'm not sure it always was coherent, but um, it was definitely unique. <laughs> yeah, unique. Yes, I. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I. Anyway, I'm 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 looking forward to film coherence because I think we're gonna def differ on it quite a bit. And I'm curious mm -hmm. if one of us is going to convince the other of anything. Um, right, well, well, you you actually did convince me there on originality. I I, I was being well. You convinced me on story, so we're both mm -hmm. we're, we're both movable at this point. Um, yep. So let's move on to action sequences. And so I gave it a four. Mm -hmm. I thought the action sequences were pretty good. The cars seemed to stay stay intact really well somehow. <laughs> my kind of only gripe there um lots of accidents but not much denting you know um mm -hmm. yeah but um I, I never felt like it was i was taken out of it or anything i just don't i don't know that they were super special either but i think they were better mm -hmm. than average basically so what, what about yeah. you i gave it a 3.25 i felt similarly uh i suppose since we don't have um production value as a uh or cinematography as categories here. We have those in our uh, our Oscars. Oscar nominees. Yep. But not for, for this one. Um I thought that they were very competently done, which is sounds like it's like not a compliment, but I actually do mean it as such. And I may as well mention here the production value and the the way the movie was filmed were extremely good. 
and it was it was fun to look at frankly it was all very well done both both more colorful daytime sort of 70s colors and like the noirish nighttime cd parts all very well done. yeah i agree with and that. in that vein in that vein a lot of the action was like you couldn't complain it was all competent like right i, I was I, I, saying just the other day to somebody you know when we were talking about bad movies and i was like well was it made by adults you know like this was this was made by actual filmmakers who know what they're doing yeah i yeah i agree with that i can see why you, i mean i don't know that any of the action sequences are like screaming like oh man you got to tell people about this um you know I, I think that the go home and tell people to go see it part of it is the slapstick mm -hmm. fun kind of humor stuff more than the yeah. action sequences but anyway so what do you have for chase and fight scenes that's the next category for for which one chase slash fight scenes okay so i heard something completely different and i was like are you on the right category here um but i gave that one a three kind of similar thinking i kind of was unsure about so most of the fight scenes involve russell crowe and right. most of the most of the falling scenes involve ryan gosling right. um, <laughs> I uh Russell Crowe is getting on a bit at, at this point. And um like a big a big big fight scene of his is between him and Keith David, who's gotta be in his 70s. So I uh was a little unsure, like, you know, would an, would older guys really be fighting like this? But I think that they definitely sold it. Um Russell Crowe is still just a big guy, and you can just see him being a, a rough and tumble, can take care of himself, even if he's in his fifties or whatever. He's, he might even be older now. Well, so it's interesting you say because I felt actually felt like the the chase and fight scenes were better than the action sequences. Oh, I, I have it a little worse. Um, yeah, I know. I have it at four point seven five. The oh, chase and fight. Well. I really, they really worked for me. And I mean, I, I thought the fight scenes were great, um, well choreographed. You know, mm. um, I, I'm actually, you know, when I watched it, I thought I'm surprised Russell Crowe hasn't done more action. Yeah, he, he just. He has a great physicality to him. Yeah, he absolutely does. That's why. I, that's why. That's what I meant when uh, you said that better. But I, it's what I meant with you could just see him just bruising his way through fights. You know. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, his fight with John Boy, I thought was pretty awesome. Mm. Um, oh yeah. And I know that's I kind of the final showdown, but yeah, I wasn't thinking about that one quite as much. But you know, I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. There was, I, and there was a few cases you know like when uh the blue face is trying to catch amelia there um they're you know gosling's driving the the red trans am or whatever it was yeah i don't know i i they all work for me basically you know um, i think i think i'm gonna put this up a little bit i'm gonna put it at least with action sequences which i put as 3.25 i'll put chase and fights let's say at a 3.3 so pretty similar but well, like a little bit better than the action sequence a little bit better yeah because i sort of i sort of hadn't considered so well done <laughs> well here we go this is the big one for for us film coherence mm. Mm. so I, I go first here right mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh i'm a little nervous to go first to be honest with you but i gave 4.75 mm-hmm which clearly is not what you gave it. Um, but <laughs> I sort of want to hear your arguments as to why you felt like it didn't work. Because to me, I'm like, I just, I enjoyed every part. And you said like Margot Qualley didn't even need to be there. 
But mm-hmm. I mean, the the chase, the chasing her and trying to find her is what leads to most of their discoveries. So I feel like she's a catalyst to most everything. Plus, her character is the evidence. So I'm just interested. So uh, anyway, mm. I felt like I didn't feel like at any point in time there was anything that didn't that made no sense, actually. So I I. I have this feeling like you're going to change my mind because again, I think I might've been blinded by the, uh, the fun and humor. So what, what do you, you got? Know, I, I kind of, I kind of disagree with you there. I think you have already changed my mind a little bit because I, I may have just been a little bit lost from the beginning and then just sort of not really been quite as convinced throughout a lot of the rest of it. Um, and just sort of going, wait, does this still make sense? And just once you once you have a hard time following something, it's kind of hard to get back on track. Especially if this movie kind of moved at a big pace. But um, what I oh I gave it a two point seven five, so considerably lower than yours. But we'll see if either of us change. Um, my biggest problem is how each. It's like you you mentioned Margaret Qualley being the catalyst for the story. I feel like the story has no drive because things just happen. Um, It's like they don't even need to be investigating. And this is maybe more of a story issue than being coherent issue. But like, take the part where Margaret Qualley falls onto their car. They've done nothing. You know what I mean? They they got here, so I guess they found out she was there. But like, they were going to leave. And the story was like, no, don't leave. There's more story. Right. This girl's gonna like, like literally, she is the story. Going, no, wait, we we have more to do, and like, it's it's so like, it's kind of incoherent to me, in that no logical actions are leading to anything. Just it's just oh whoop! I tripped over the evidence. There I am. I'm like oh let's, or well, I accidentally went here, and it ends up being the right place. Um, and like, it, it doesn't flow for me when that is the case, because I don't see what led up to it as making any difference. It's almost like fate has decided that this is happening and Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling just sort of trip over themselves until they get there. That's Again, interesting. Maybe, maybe that's I a story thing point. more than a film coherence thing, but I'm going to no, put my no, go. I'm going to up my film coherence to three because I think it's not as bad as all that because I think a lot of my issue is just they've decided to do a story where it's it's not an illegitimate decision to be like, oh, this story is about these two guys who kind of luck into a lot of things, but that's just sort of what happens. Yeah, I sort of wonder if like if you're ranking it as a comedy. Yeah, if... I'm kind of not. I'm kind of I'm kind of ranking it like we're well, ranking it as an action movie as you should. That's yeah. What we're well, doing. yeah, but I'm I'm kind of ranking it like thinking about something like LA Confidential, where you can follow like the twists and turns, in a little bit of a better way. Whereas this, it kind of doesn't matter as much. It kind of like there's no like brilliant, clever, deductive reasoning. It's 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 supposed to be that they sort of trip over the, the evidence, and it's funny that they don't know what they're doing, and then you know she falls on the car. So well, right, I'm gonna up it a little bit. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, there's nothing wrong with an action movie even being just, oh, look, it's silly, you know, because like, (laughs) like, um, we haven't done Die Hard yet. Let's just take Die Hard quick. 
um, there's a couple of parts in that where John McClane survives due to a, like a, just a coincidence. Like he happened to overhear the one guy's name. And then when Alan Rickman is pretending to be that guy, he knows it's not him. That's just a coincidence. He's right. just lucky in that instance. Otherwise, Alan Rickman would have shot him. So uh, that's, that's I think, a little bit along the lines of what they were going for. It's okay that, like, how lucky that he didn't die there. That's part of the fun. So I'm upping it to a three. That's that. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I think it's, I do think it's kind of interesting. I agree with you in the sense that it's like, Amelia dies, now what? I mean, I even said that yeah. when we were talking about yeah. the movie overview. Um, so it became more like, okay, she died, now we're like avenging that death. Mm. You know, at the end. So, yeah, I could see. I think, I actually think that, I think 4.75 is too high. I think I'm going to put it down to a 4.25. Okay, we both, we both changed our thing by 0.25. Well, no, for me, it was when you said, um, it was when you said that the, when you were talking again about Mar about Amelia dying, because mm -hmm. essentially that was the whole movie. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like, no, wait, there's more movie. It kind of reminds me of Bullet, which actually, yeah. let's, let's see what happened. What did I give Bullet? I gave Bullet a 2.75. So clearly it didn't work for me with Bullet. Well, um, uh, there's, you know, Bullet takes itself very seriously, and this one is just sort of a fun ride, so. Yeah. So let's go to the next one, which is mm -hmm. Hero Appeal. So go ahead. What do you got for Hero Appeal? For Hero Appeal, it was a little bit difficult for me, but I decided to go with 3.8, um, which is probably lower than you. I know you probably like these two guys a lot. <laughs> I did, I did too. It was a little too... They both played it. A, actually, no, not that they both. Ryan Gosling played it a, li just a little bit too silly. I would have liked him being a little bit more serious. He's got the charisma to play it a little bit more serious and still like be this kind of idiotic drunk in a way. Um, but in general, oh, the other thing is that just they go from being just random randos who, and then kind of enemies slightly when they when he has to beat them up. And they go to being like friends and buddy buddy a little bit too quickly and without as much of an impetus to me. I would have liked if like they got thrown into a situation and helped each other and were like, "Oh, you're not so bad," rather than like, I feel like it's just like, "Oh, let's work together." Okay, but that's okay. That's funny because I felt like it was very organic because they yeah. just happened to be working together, and I felt like Russell Crowe kind of thought he was a happy idiot, you know, like he would. Mm -hmm. like Ryan Gosling was and and Ryan Gosling sort of was like okay so like this guy is actually he cares and I need somebody who cares in my life hmm. yeah yeah you're right um but yeah I definitely gave it a higher score than you but you knew that was good yeah. <laughs> I gave it a 4.75 they just yeah. those two just really worked for me I I, th I I thought for sure when I picked this that you were gonna be like oh man these guys are great um, not that you're not saying that, but um, yeah, yeah, they were fun. I, I feel so bad. Like, no, it's okay. It's okay. I just honestly, I just, I, I feel like I usually have a good sense of when you're gonna like something, and uh, I was, mm -hmm. I just was wrong on this one. Not that you didn't like it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought they were hilarious and fun. You know, um, I, 
I actually really hope they may end up making a sequel because I uh, I want to revisit these characters. Um, yeah, I think the only reason I actually didn't go five was was because of what you said, and it was the slapstickiness of Ryan Gosling's character. Yeah, um, maybe the way he portrayed him or the way he whatever. Um, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, but yeah, that I do think it detracts. Just it's just it is a little bit too hammy at times, and not all the mm-hmm. time because I. I 4.75 is really high. And so I'm not, I'm just saying if, if, if it had been scaled back like 0. 0.5, I probably would have mm-hmm. probably would have made it just that much better for me. Um, yeah. But even so I, I would watch him doing the exact same thing in a second movie and still be thrilled. So yeah, I, I mean, I agree. So that moves us to villain appeal site. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I feel like 3.8 isn't so bad. No, it's not. It's not. It's lower than mine. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, three point eight is above average. You know. So. Um. So villain appeal slash hatred. That is the next one. I gave it a three point five. And this one's really tough because Detroit is essentially the villain, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Corporate greed. Like. Yeah. I Um, I don't disagree. (laughs) So Kim Basinger is like basically who embodies the villain, I guess. But even then I'm like, mm-hmm. is she the villain? I don't know that she is. It's like, it's kind of like her or John boy. But then if you're saying yeah. it's John boy, then it's gotta be Blueface and Keith David as well. So, and talent, yeah. right? So yeah. I decided to rank it collectively. So I took mm-hmm. them all. Blueface, Keith David, Tally, John boy, and Kim Basinger. They're all villain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think collectively they were adequate adequate without being extraordinary. You know, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the significant charm of the heroes or the lack of charm with the mm-hmm. villains, but you're you're definitely rooting for the heroes more than against the villains. Um, yeah, you know, maybe you had a different feeling on that, but I would say John Boy was sufficiently brutal and sociopathic, as was Blueface in a different way. So I think those two were mm-hmm. definitely the better villains. Um, like John Boy was kind of terrifying, actually. Uh, yeah. But I think if that, if that had been like the bad guy, um, maybe it would have been a higher score. I don't know. Anyway, what do you have? Yeah. I gave it a three. Um, I, I did went similarly to you where I was just like, well, how did they all work? And... It was interesting because you have you actually said it. You have one side you have over the top uh, psychos, and the other side you have the basically greedy corporate execs who are very together and are trying not to be in the news, just trying to be, you know, rich and evil. Um, and oddly enough, the corporate types are scarier to me, obviously, because we're still dealing with them every last day. Um, I kind of wish. It had gone a little bit more into that, and I it was it, it probably not room for it, and they wanted to make it more of an on the ground level kind of just these two guys, but I kind of wanted a little bit more like about how nothing ever happens to these people, and Kim Basinger's not even like concerned that they've caught her, so to speak, you know. Um, Maybe the evidence being the porn movie is sort of a statement in that, like, it doesn't matter what the evidence is. They're, it's never going to actually be evidence. They're going to treat it like it's like it's insignificant either way. 
And I kind of also wish it had gone a little bit more into how actually shitty that time was, how much worse crime might have been, and how much more regular it was for these minor crimes slash just social crimes to occur. Um, like, for instance, that guy trying to get with the 13-year-old and nobody particularly cares. I mean, you know, they could have gotten married. And nobody would have given a shit. Actually, you know what? There's still places today where you can marry a 13-year-old and it's fine. But in general, uh, three because it worked for me. But wasn't super memorable, except for maybe Blueface, just because he was a fucking weirdo. Yeah, he was really weird. Um, but yeah, I, I felt pretty similarly to you, so um, we're not far off on that one. So let's go to supporting characters appeal, um, and I'll give that mm -hmm. to you. Okay, well, supporting characters, I gave a three point eight. Um, this is my second three point eight. I gave Heroes three point eight too. Um, I thought everyone worked pretty well. Um, I guess I'm mostly thinking of the girl. She was good. Um, yeah, that's what happened to me. You'll see my in my uh, yeah, ranking. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm mostly ranking it on her because everybody else was kind of very blah. Um, the only other the only other supporting character I can really think of is the the old lady who was fine. She was just an old lady, and um, Margaret Qualley who was boring, but and a little a little a little a little over the top shrieky. But I guess she was supposed to be. Yeah, that's funny that you would even, you know, I actually think, so basically I gave it a 4.5 and I was like, Ryan, Go mm -hmm. Ryan Gosling's daughter in this is fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. then I was like, and I, I just was like, well, I don't know who else is there. Um, I guess everybody yeah. else, is like, you know, um, yeah. so I, I, the score is basically just her. <laughs> but now mm -hmm. that you say Margaret Qualley, when you bring up her, you're right. She's kind of like, eh. So I'm I'm actually gonna lower that one too. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to a four because mm. it really okay. is yeah. just about the the girl. Because I I lumped all the villains into villain you know villain appeal. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you know I looked up I looked up the girl whose name I can't pronounce. The only other significant thing she's been in is the Spider Man movies. What was she in the Spider-Man? Meaning the Tom like, Holland Spider-Man movies. Oh, she was just one of yeah. She ended up dating Ned, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's the only Which other thing I know her from. I was like, okay, you're not in anything else. Think of those movies. I thought she was like nine. I was like, how is she in the same grade as them? <laughs> um, wow, that's really fascinating, actually. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she's really good. I'm surprised she hasn't gotten yeah. a role. Um, you know, maybe it's just that she looks too young to be given adult roles. I don't know. Anyway, let's move on to the uh, the last category, which is final showdown. Which is final showdown. And mm. uh, I gave that a four point seven five. Mm. I actually thought the final showdown was amazing. Uh, it's fun. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Um, the fight between John Boy and and uh, Jackson Healy is like really hard hitting. Mm. Um, it it just I feel like it walks this line of nonsense and awesome, but it does it really well. Um, I, so anyway, I loved it. What what about you? I'm <laughs> bracing myself. I gave, I gave to be disappointed. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave it a one. No, I'm kidding. 
Oh my um, god! I was like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, go ahead. <laughs> I give it. I give it a three point seven five because I thought same same as you. It worked pretty well, and by that point in the movie, it's established its tone so much. It's you can't really object because the silliness and craziness and some slapstickiness is like, well, I I know that that's what this movie is about at this point. So. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm happy that you gave it above a three because I was I was gonna hurt my heart a little bit if you went lower. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's why I went with that one joke, and then it got too serious. <laughs> well, um, the Nice Guys is officially the best action movie of 2016 so far. Really? Yeah, that's surprising. It beat The Accountant and Central Intelligence, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's all me. So <laughs> I, I feel like um I feel like I like more but the account less so that's about right. Well, I think this part's going to make you upset. It also uh -oh. is above the mummy. See that I don't I do not feel like it's better than the mummy, but that's just me, I guess. I I'm telling you, I think it's because of me, but I un, un, um interestingly it is just below bullet, which we kept comparing. Just it below to. bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bullet has seventy five point four. The nice guys has seventy four point nine five. You know, it's also the classic cars and everything. You know that. Yeah. Put me in mind of bullet. How much? How much more? Some of these American, I don't know, these things in America were centered around are really cool cars. Well. So anyway. That's it. That's that's the that's rank the nice for, for the nice guys. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening again. Uh, if you'd like to see an updated list of our rankings, you can see that on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com. You can become a patron on Patreon at the, the rank at, you know, like the patreon.com slash the rank podcast. And you can actually, if you do that, you get to listen to these episodes before anybody else. Um, or you could even have a moment on the podcast with us if you'd like or get a shout out. If engaging with your money, you know, like if you don't want to give us money, okay, I get that. Uh, but you can just email us or tweet us, you know, the, the rank with the rank with John and Zach at protonmail.com or the rank podcast is the uh, Twitter handle. So yeah, please do. But um, join us next week when we're ranking The Fifth Element, the 1997 film starring Bruce Willis and directed by Luke Besson. But anyway, thanks again for listening. Goodbye. And palem. <laughs> <laughs>